For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. I've been meaning to ask you about that box television for weeks now. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big... uh, This television down here is like two feet deep. Um, this is, I think, yeah. the television that we grew up playing Nintendo 64 on like 20 years ago, maybe more than 20 years. I'm 37, so probably more than 20 years ago by now. Um, and uh, I don't think my dad uses this basement for anything. It, it's got <laughs> very old decor, including the TV. But I don't think he, like this room, I think me recording a few podcasts down here is the first time it's been used. And I'm not in love with the old school um, Cuddy Sark and PBR and, uh, you know, 1990s television background, but it's it's quiet. Herb, you see, neither, think, one, of you guys, neither, good, neither one of you guys understands because neither of you has children or you don't have a dog, do you, Herb? Yeah. No, yeah. See, you guys don't know. You guys don't know how precious and rare the quiet is. No, and no, we do. We get it. That's no, why we don't have Because you have it all the time. No, you have it all the time. You guys have it all the time. You don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, Herb is a, Herb is a fellow old person, quiet. by the way, Russ. Our show is getting a little older today. He's like okay. me. He's one of me. Yeah. But he's you probably not as out of Russ, touch. How old are you? 27. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> Hold on. Now, I got to ask Herb this what because I've heard the story now from two different places. Oh. Of when y'all was at Ja Grill. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. And the, waitress, and the waitress comes up, right? So I've heard it from Jason and I've heard it from Lawrence. Now, yeah. your perspective, I need you to go take me through the entire thing from, from Herb Howard's point of view. With so, Paris, the waitress. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a young woman. Her name is Paris, and she works there. And you know, we cordially cool. Like I I frequent the spot, so we just you know cordial. Right. You know, talk, play around a little bit when I come in there. Don't know outside of the space, but I go in there, and she's uh there's somebody else in there that I kind of do know outside of the space. Mm-hmm. And so I'm talking to her, and I was going like back through my text messages to figure out when the last time that I had talked to the second woman, right, my friend, right. And so Paris was like. 
you know, and I think we had to took like a picture and was trying to figure out exactly what date that was. So Paris like, no, you can figure out the date and you can figure out where you are. And she, so she takes my phone and she kind of goes on this whole like tutoring session, just showing me how you can take somebody's iPhone and literally find out everything there is to know about them. She was able to track almost every place I've been in the last 12, 18 months. It was crazy. Like yeah. everywhere I've been and, I was, and, and, and how long I was there. You know what I mean? I was like, yo, yeah. like it was super, super crazy. But I'm, you know, um, I'm private, but I'm also I'm real like, like what you gonna, what you gonna do to me? Ain't nothing like whatever you find in my phone, it's not incriminating. I ain't embarrassed. I'm, what yeah. you gonna do, right? So I was like, here, you keep my phone. When you figure out whatever you're trying to figure out, just bring my phone back. And uh, went over there, sat down with Jay. Eventually, Lawrence get there, and. Uh, at that point, she started like just coming around, and I've never in life, I probably would never in life would have even accepted this because I've never in life had a waitress just come and literally just stand there and talk 25, 30 minutes straight. And it was like, mm -hmm. is she still standing here talking? But the, but the conversation was so compelling that none of us was like, you know, you give them signals like, oh, okay, thank you, like whatever. Yeah. We were just kind of just listening no, to No, we weren't doing that. Kept, no. Yeah, we weren't doing that at all. Like she started off talking about a truck driver. And if you see her, I've never thought she was a truck driver. I've never thought she's driven a truck or nothing like that. So that was number one. And then it just kept getting progressively more entertaining and wilder and all the way up into, you know, uh, talking about sex clubs and all this. I was like, yo, she's talking about everyone she's ever been to, which was, I don't know, every, every, every city you could think of, she didn't been to one. <laughs> see, because see, because he, Jason, Jason didn't tell me that part. He just told yeah. me that she wanted to open one part, and she had been to like one or two. Nah, she had said something about being the one in, in, in New Orleans, which one I had, I had known about. She's like, yeah, I've been to that one. She's like, I've been to the one in Atlanta, somewhere else. She said she had been to, and it was like, yo, she she is uh interesting, but she fine though. You know what I mean? See, like, see, Jason buried the lead. Jason buried the lead with that. Because when, when he was describing it, I'm like, all right, there has to be. Because he said it sounded like she was flirting with you and or Lawrence, right? Right. Well, I want to I mean, get into that. I want to get into that in a minute. Been, all right, cool. She could have been that, either that, way. That raises, a point, that raises a point that we need to. That raises a point that we need to discuss. Let's start our show, and then I want to get into that because I have some questions about that, Okay. Because you are both, you guys are both single, and I yes. have been married for sixteen years, and counting. Sixty years. Um, hopefully, hopefully, if medical <laughs> science allows me to allows me to live that long, and uh, and I stay in my wife's good graces that long, that'd be lovely. Uh, welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure with my co-host Russ Dorsey, and we've got a great guest today, Herb Howard from It's the Bigs. Welcome, Herb. What's going on, man? I appreciate y'all having me on. Looking forward to the conversation, for real. I'm a fan of the show, too, by the way. Y'all get good. the good stuff. Y'all are some absolute fools, but y'all are informed <laughs> fools. So, it's good. Informed fools. That's, That's definitely us. Maybe maybe we change the name to that for season two, Russ, because we're coming up to season two here pretty soon. Uh, we're about to finish our first informed year. Fools. But um, Sports, Sports Adjacent is brought to you by... Sports Adjacent is brought to you by BetUS. You can go on to BetUS.com. And use promo code sports adjacent, all one word, 
to get a 125% sign-up bonus. You can bet on the NBA, NHL, Super Bowl. They got all kinds of props and things like that. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but really glad to have Herb Howard here, uh, one of my friends, a newer friend. He did his first year on the Bears beat this past season for It's the Bigs, and we hit it off almost instantly in training camp, like one of the yeah. first few days he was there, I think. Uh, he is probably – to be honest, especially because he doesn't really have a Twitter account, pretty unknown, I think. But I don't think he's going to stay that way because, and I hope you take that with all due respect. Um, he's smart. He's funny. He asks phenomenal. He gets the best reactions out of anyone, Russ. Russ, you have a room full of people that have been covering the NFL for forever. He walks in there his first year and he's asking all the, he gets the, he gets the responses out of everybody player, coach, whoever. He's always got the question that kind of unlocks something. And especially like you you know what this is like, Russ, where um and I don't know I don't know how much the last baseball season was like this, but 2020 certainly was. When everything's in a press conference setting or on Zoom or whatever, it's harder and harder to do that. And he hits the bullseye with his questions and gets these great responses. And I've been wanting to have him on. Lawrence actually beat me to the punch. I I'd been wanting to have Herb Howard on here for a while. And then a couple of weeks ago, I, I had heard, even before we went out to dinner, Lawrence had had him on his show to talk Bears. So uh, we'll talk a little Bears with you eventually, Herb. But I want to get back to our conversation that we had, that we were having in our in our show open here. Because this is something that comes up for me. I don't know when my single friend, I don't even know what the term is. You guys will probably use some cooler term for this or maybe even more appropriate term. I don't know. Um I don't ever know when my single friends are like hitting on someone or flirting with someone. I don't know. I'm so out of touch with that world because I've been with my wife. We've been married 16 years. We've probably been together 18 or 20 or 18 probably. Um, It's like it doesn't come into play for me. And I live a pretty isolated life between home and work. Like I'm not out in these social settings very often. And so I always, anytime one of my single friends is talking to a woman, I pretty much just err on the side of, I better sit back. I better not, get, I better not interject. Like, I don't want to ruin anything. Like let them do what they want to do. So, I, you know, when you go back to this dinner that we had, like Russell, you're accusing me of, of burying the lead and that's fair and probably accurate. But, like, I, I wasn't totally sure what was going on. To me, I was just listening in on a phenomenally interesting conversation, Herb. Was there something that I was not picking up on? You know what? For real, I don't know. Right? I do know that you were kind of, like, checked out. Like, it was like. No, 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 no. Like I was not checked questions. out. No, no, not no. Like, no. I'm going to stop you right there. Like you no, worked. I was not checked out. I was riveted. This was fantastic. But I also didn't want to get in the way of anything that might be going on. No, I, I, I don't know. That's the thing. That's what made it so interesting. I don't know what was going on. It was like the wildest conversation that's like ever taken place in a random setting like that. It was super, super wild. And shout out to Paris. I think she's super cool and super dope. And she's yes. super fine, in my personal opinion. And she was talking all this stuff. And I was like, I'm just looking like is this conversation really going the way that it's going? Like, I'm like, it just kept progressing. And it seemed like one thing was kind of wilder than the next in terms of just a random conversation jumping off at a restaurant table uh, from the server. It, I've, I've never experienced nothing like that. So I don't, I don't even know if like 
she was flirting with Lawrence or if she was flirting with me or you. I don't know that any of that was happening. So I, don't, I can't say you missed those signs. But if you didn't tell Russ that she was fine, you buried that part. He definitely didn't, bro. He didn't. And as a married man, I can see why. Like, married man I understand. Listen, uh, I, I was, I'll say this. I, he has a, uh, a, a awesome wife. Shout out to my girl, Ashley, who does okay. listen to this podcast. So, Oh, thank you I for would mentioning all, that. I, I know exactly why you just said that. You just said that because Herb might not have known that. Uh, just in case, she does listen to the I don't pod. think that has ever affected something I've said on here. You say that till you call me like, hey, can I sleep on the couch? <laughs> <laughs> do you have room just in case? I do, bro. I got okay. you. All right. For there was nothing indictable night, right? that took place. <laughs> Russ would give me one uh, figure it out night on his couch. Night two, you're you're somewhere else. Yeah, night one, it's like, all right, bro, she be all right. And then the next night, it's all right, bro, go, go ahead and call her. <laughs> go back home. Yeah, yeah or get a hotel. Y'all been, y'all been married for a long time. Y'all can figure it out. <laughs> but here's my thing, though, because we might have to take a class field trip now Uh-oh. where we all go. Pro- probably half of y'all listening to the audience are just frequenting Ja Grill now. <laughs> yeah, um, can I have Paris, please? Right. <laughs> right. Can we get back to my earlier question? Because I need I need help on this going forward because I expect to continue to be in social settings with both of you. Like Russ, I we we got it. Do we need a sign? Like how no. do I because like all right, no. like you in particular, like you you have been out with many times. You yeah. are ex- you are an extremely friendly and personable mm-hmm. individual. That's kind of how you and I became friends originally because you're just like that with everybody. Everybody. And so yeah. you might be you might be being super nice to some woman uh, at a restaurant or whatever, but that might just be you kind of that's kind of your personality. So like how Correct. do I know when it's that or when and when I should like stay back? You know, clear clear the lane, let you go. ISO, like, ISO, yeah. ISO. Do do we, do? I mean, do we need a signal? Like, you know, just you know, just flap your wings and be like, Ca-ca! and then I'll know. Or yes. like, can you like pull on your ear? Or like, how do how would I be able to discern the difference between you just being uh, nice and friendly and you trying to work game? I believe it's called. Jesus, Jason, this is not nineteen ninety eight game. Did you hear that, bro? I mean, that's where I left it. That's where I left it. So that's the only thing I have to go back to. Word game. It's like I've been like uh, I've been like cryogenically frozen socially, (laughs) and now I've been thawed out. It's like the only things I know are from not '98, but maybe like you know '01, early early 2000s. Yeah, not yeah. You're not too far off with '98. All right. Um, (laughs) help me. Help me. I've been thrown. All right. So I'll say it like this. Yes, you're correct. I have that personality by nature. So 10 times out of 10, I'm going to be that way regardless whether it's somebody I'm interested in or not. Like, there's just me. If I'm flirting with somebody, you won't know until that person, like, walks away and I'm like, yo. And I look at you like. So you're like the Jason Bourne of flirting. Like, you're just, it's that stealthy. Yeah. Okay. You're not going to know. Like, for the other party, they won't know. Like it just it'll just kind of what what Wayne say real G's moving silence like lasagna bars. I don't know that reference. All right, Jason, we gotta <laughs> put you in a hip hop history class. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, they have that we, on Netflix. We, yeah. we won't. Oh, um, I got some docs for you on Netflix 
to get your hip hop history okay. up. But yeah. you're not gonna. I'm not gonna give. We're not gonna have a caca. We're not gonna have a like. Like we're on base and giving. Yeah, each other yeah, yeah. Signs. Like a third like, base coach. This is what I'm thinking of. Like you know, you just kind of, you know, swipe you your arms and swipe. thumb across your chin or something. Then I'll know. Yeah. Well, I mean, something more subtle than this. Yeah. Nah, dude. That's not. That's what. Like Jason. I'm flirting with Shorty right no, now. I, I know. That's why I'm trying to figure out like a subtlety. Um, additional yeah, it's, question, it's though. Herb, if <laughs> See, I am right. in this situation, like, how do I be a good wingman? How do I help? No, nah, I think you just you just be you just be yourself. Just kind of be there. You know, if, if he's mm. laughing, give her a little laugh. You know, if she's laughing like, his jokes. It, it okay, hang on a second. Let it, me write it, this it, down. It, it, all right. It so it don't take laugh, it don't laugh take at Russ's you know? jokes. What was the next one? Number one is laugh at jokes. Yeah, laugh at laugh at both of their jokes. Laugh at his jokes. Laugh at her both jokes. Oh, it don't okay. take much. Okay. Just let him just let him shoot his shot. You know, that's all. He gonna shoot his shot, and you don't really have to do nothing. You know what I mean? You don't really have to okay. do nothing. Just let him shoot his shot, and it'll be it'll be what it is. If it, like Russ's personality is going, it's just kind of gonna be like that. I'm that way, and so I'm I'm real outgoing and. You know, my personality can come across flirtatious just in general, even if right. I'm not really flirting. And you so, can't help it. You, know, you can't help it. You just that's, you just exude listen, flirtiness. Okay. I'm glad somebody else understands. Yeah. yeah. This and is why. Like, this is why. This is why Jason would be a bad wingman, though, because Jason would like almost do too much, and yes. he'd be like, "Excuse yeah. me, madam, this is my single friend Russ, <laughs> right? right?" And yeah. then he'd say stuff like. You know, Russ lives in an apartment by himself and very clean. Like he say something like that, it would ruin the whole thing. I, it would be very well intentioned, though. I it but would, it would, be, but it would, would be something it. like I'd be sitting there, kind of nervous, trying to figure out, okay, what's going on? Do I talk? Do I not talk? How do I not mess this up for Russ? And you and I would just blurt out like unrelated to anything. Russ drives a nice car, <laughs> huh? Yeah, that's you. And it probably wouldn't help. It would just no. It, it would immediately no. do the have the opposite effect because they'd be like, "Oh, you have weird friends." Yeah, she'd be like, "All right, you guys, you guys be cool." Yeah, and then, yeah, less is more, Jay. Less is more. Let them know. Well, I've man. tried that approach, and but I feel like I'm not contributing anything, and I want to. I want to help. You to be to be honest, bro. Like uh, that's not why this friendship started. Like. I, I, oh, you weren't I, looking I, for help, huh? No, no, no I was going to say, no. I had the wingman friend. Like, you had the friend who's a really good at it. Also, women are, by nature, are better wingmen than dudes are. True. Oh, okay. Pro tip. But, okay. yeah, bro, that's not why. That's not why I, I take you places. Like, you're not that guy. I want I want you and I to have conversation. I don't take you so like, hey, set me up, bro. Throw, oh, I throw the line. That very much. <laughs> you know, but I, I we're not running I go to Jai a lot. I've never had that conversation with Paris. So it only happened because you were there. So no, it's Lawrence does that. No, that's Lawrence does that to everybody. Like if you went to the grocery store with Lawrence, he would do that. And I don't, he can't turn it off, but it serves him well. Uh, I want to talk about the single life of somebody that's not going in my, in my age bracket. Cause Herb, you're a little bit older than me. Yeah. What give give the give the give the people an analysis of the streets right now because it might be different from my perspective than yours. It's ghetto. The streets are ghetto. <laughs> it's terrible. 
to everyone out here. First of all, there are only like four women alive. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not much, I'm not much for clubs or nothing like that. But when you do go into a space and it may be 200 women in there, but it's really only like four different women in there. And it's like, all of y'all the same? This is, I'm good. I'm, and I'm not into, you know, the social, I mean, the, the beauty standards of the day. I'm not with the long eyelashes and the long wigs and the build the body. I'm not with none of that. So, by the way, uh, sports adjacent supports all those things. Like, we just want to throw that out there. You know, we're, we're pro whatever women want to do. Herb, continue. I just got to put the disclaimer. Herb's allowed These to have his own taste. Herb. Yes. <laughs> Herb Howard to his alone. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm stepping not in that, with, so, uh, you know, the legal you. department. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's strange. It's strange out there for me, too. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not like a, a person that's going to like holler at a woman, like just randomly out somewhere. That's just not really my style. Now, I, I'm, I'm more of a, a, like a bar or lounge type person. So if I sit at a bar next to you for a while and we have some conversation or something, maybe at the end we can exchange information. But in terms of me just like seeing you at a grocery store or out somewhere and just coming up and trying to, I, that's not never anything I'm going to do. So um, that's, most of the women I talk to, I meet somehow through, you know, work or some other friendship or something that's that's kind of steady more so than these random encounters that's not really my style so uh but yeah it's ghetto out there man i don't, I don't like it i don't like it <laughs> i <laughs> i will share herb sentiments that it's a weird time in the streets right like you you have you have the group of people who are just like i'm i'm trying to date but i'm not really looking for nothing cool you have the i'm dating and only looking for relationship people Cool, but it's, it seems like, especially in the uh, dating app world that we live in now, like it's just a lot out there. Like the the market's flooded, yeah, and it's almost too many options out there. Yeah, that also if makes that it weird you too. You'll be around yeah. somebody for a couple of hours in the same space, or whatever, whether you met each other or not, but then you'll leave that space and then like open your Instagram. It's like, hey, I just saw you at such and such, and I was like. That's weird. Like, why would you do that this way? Like, why would you just come hi. over there and say hello? Like, that's weird. Yeah. No, I'm good. I don't want, no, I'm good. I'm not a, a a club person either. I'm definitely more bar lounge. I'm a big fan of the, you know, I, the, the kickback is where you just have people come by. What's like, mean? what's a kickback? Ah, okay. This is a, we're going to do asking, uh, asking, uh, an old person. Sure. So, well, you or know, is it we'll ask a young person? I think it's ask yeah, a this, young this person. Yeah, this will be young, ask a young person. We'll we, have we had some imaging music. for these segments, Herb, like when we first started, and then we kind of abandoned them, and we could never really get straight which thing went with which, and so that was part of it. But, like, you got to understand before you continue, Russ, like when you're talking about having these dating apps, that sounds helpful. Um, I was <laughs> I was off the market before that existed, before smartphones. Your life has been better because of it, bro. Facts. Okay. Well, go on. Tell me what a kickback is. All right. A kickback is, I wouldn't exactly say a party. It's you know, more write of this a, down, too, in case something ever happens. With no, you could use I. this one. No, 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 no. This is not like that. You you and you and Ashley have kickbacks sometimes where, like, you invite we some do? people over. Oh. You, okay. like, you, where you invite some people over. It's not like a party. It's not like a get-together. Yeah, it's a get-together. It's what older okay. people would call a get-together. You invite okay. some people over. You have some drinks. Maybe you have food. Usually there's vibey music playing, your your sirs, your hers, 
your your smooth R and B, which is my bag. I'm always the the DJ okay. at these events. Okay. You know, you got to have that friend. We got to talk about the the friend that sets the vibe with the music. It's a Mentor. very important friend. Right. Maybe right. more important than the wingman friend in the grand That's, scheme. Because everybody's that brothers. Right. If the mood the mood's off and like you got the friend that plays pop smoke with all the the you know, you're trying to set the mood, like no. So you got to have the person you know plays the Janae Aiko. Yeah. It really gets the vibes right in the in the room, Jason. This is the second time you've uh, you've you've brought up some uh, dislike or some frustration with Pop Smoke. You have a you're not a no, fan no, no. of Pop Smoke, or, or no, it's no, got to no. be in the right I, setting. Or I'm first of all, rest in peace to Pop Smoke. Um, Pop Smoke. But no, it's it's Pop Smoke's music is not kickback music. Okay, all right, I follow. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm. It's like. You, I wouldn't be playing G Herbo at at the kickback, right? I wouldn't be playing whoever Young Thug at the kickback, right? Like, there's there's just artists that are for different settings. Like, if I'm up, if me and Herbo are on the way to the club and we trying to get hype, right? Mm-hmm. At the pre the pregame at somebody's apartment, that's when you mm-hmm. have your pop smoke, your your Young Thug, right? right. Your future on, right? But when you have you you inviting the young ladies over, you invite the homies over, and having this you know mix of people coming over to just chill, like you never know what's gonna happen. You gotta have the the vibes on. Now a kickback could turn into a turn up though. It could like if if it if it goes back really into well, a turn up. everybody vibes. Yeah, it, it it could turn into a turn up like it starts same night or chill. parlay it into a later no, turn up. No, same night, same <laughs> night, same night. If this if this thing, okay. if this thing goes really well. And you need you need a few things to happen for a kickback to go really well in that direction. Number one, okay. let me get my notepad again. Ratio, ratio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was ratio, gonna say it, Herb, ratio, but I know ratio. how to say it. Or if we needed to, uh, we'd have to bleep it because there's a is a term I want to use. But yeah, you gotta I have, have Tony to, bleep it. The ratio you don't want to be good. You don't want to right where the you got more dudes than women over there. Right. Or it, it has to be either equal or more women always. Yeah. If you if you can have like a one and a half to one ratio. Yes. That's about where you want to be. Some dudes will be like, oh, if we can get a two to one or a three to one ratio, that tends to be a bit much because then you kind of get to the women. Like silos. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then they'll just kind of start to stick to themselves. But if you got yeah. that one and a half to one ratio, two at the most. That's that's where you want to be, and if the vibe is good and drinks are flowing, got some little everybody feels cracking. comfortable. Don't nobody Everybody's feel like good. they yeah. Nobody's doing nothing weird. No weird energy's happening. Everybody's just kind of vibing. You play some games, and then it kind of just goes. And as the liquor starts to flow, then somebody, you know, takes the music from you know the internet to you know not not quite all the way there yet, but just start to kind of ease it on up. And if it gets to that level, then this kickback has has been successful. If your if your kickback if your kickback music goes from her to Meg the Stallion, something went right. Something went right. Okay. Something I, went I need right. to. I gotta circle back to one thing he mentioned here about oh, people please. doing something weird or weird energy or what, yeah. what, what would that entail? Yeah. That's bad. Thirst, that's thirsty bad dudes. Business. That's thirsty yeah. dudes. Now okay. saying that's just a thirsty okay. dude. Okay, that's yeah. what you, you mean by we, weird. You, Got it. You okay. most of the time can weed that out with the people that you're gonna invite, right? So, like sure. for me personally. I know if I'm going to somebody else's like, all right, who all <laughs> the question, who all gonna be there? Right. Yeah. 
Because I don't even want to be around nobody that's going to, you know, make it weird for me. Or I don't right. want the, the the women that are intended are in attendance to feel uncomfortable because that's not my bag. Yeah. I want everybody yeah. to always feel comfortable in their well, environment. I was trying to figure out exactly what kind of weird he meant, like weird like that or weird like how I would be making it like. Hey, who's your top five all-time power forward or something like that? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that. Say top five rappers all time, which would be hilarious for a kickback. Um, <laughs> and actually a good good combo. But nah, it's, be good. Like, be good. it's it's thirsty, thirsty dudes. You you just too hype. Um like I, I knew this dude back in college that at every party he would be like, Where they at, bro? Like, bro, yeah. like, like relax. Calm, there. calm down, bro. Like we just Please. Like, Matter of fact, <laughs> just go, bro. Like right. they're not here for you at all. <laughs> at all. So yeah, it's always just wanting to make sure the people that are in attendance, everybody's having a good time. Um, you know, usually if you're the host, it's just like check in, make sure the ladies are good. Do you have any everything you need? Make sure people know where the bathrooms are. And like, if hey, you need chargers, we got chargers. Like that's the really good host. Like. Foods over here. We got chargers, bathrooms. Really? Like, okay. Yeah, it's, it's like it's uh, like, like an Uber driver, but at your house. Yeah, it's just making okay. sure everybody. Here's the, the bottled water. Here's some yes. uh, fun sized candy bars that have been yes. sitting here forever. Yeah, and then okay. usually that person has to play adult because like people enjoying the libations a little too much, right? Oh, Drink too much, right. then you have to turn into all right. How are we gonna get people home? We okay. gotta call Ubers and and. Yeah, as You're long as that person's ta- taking yourself out of play a little bit for the party because you got to be the uh, responsible person. Not, not necessarily. You just got to have more responsibilities on you. I'm Russ. I'm your chaperone. <laughs> Sometimes I've been some. Okay. I've been that before too. Yeah. All right. Welcome to our sports podcast, Herb. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Talking about hitting home runs already. Slam dunks. Everything. <laughs> Herb, how did you, in your first year covering the Bears, how did you get so comfortable with it so quickly? When you walk in there, you know none of the other reporters, you know nobody at the team, I assume, like the PR people, anything like that. You have no background with any of these players. And from day one, it seemed like you kind of hit it off with anybody you talked to. Yeah, I just wanted to come in and just be myself, really. I just wanted to come in and be myself, do my job. Uh, I feel like I know the game very well. I feel like I follow the team. Well, I know I follow the team my whole life, so I've always, you know, kept my finger on on the pulse of the team from afar. And so I just wanted to come in and and kind of ask the questions that I would want to know at, at home. And so I just wanted to come in and be myself. And I, I knew I would be walking into a, a room full of strangers, and I didn't know how I would, how I would be received. I honestly didn't expect to be uh, very well received. But even in having that in the back of my mind, I was like, I just still just want to be myself. And so uh, that's just kind of how I came into it. And so the first the first day, like I might have asked like the first question or maybe the second. Like, I, I was like, I just don't want to I don't want to wait. Maybe my first day I was a little hesitant and then I started to be, be more uh, assertive in terms of getting my questions in. But I just wanted to come in and be myself. And I, I, I got to publicly give you uh the, the the props that you deserve, man. You made me feel welcomed in that space. And you made me feel like I was an addition to the room, not just like an add-on to the room, but like literally I was adding something to the room. And uh, you was the first person to do that. You was the first person to introduce yourself to me. And that might've been either the first or the second day or whatever. 
because nobody else had sent them to me. And then you came up and introduced yourself to me. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with you and your work, man. And uh, that, that small gesture right there, uh, I was just very, very grateful for it. Because it was a room that, you know, was certainly unfamiliar to me. There's a bunch of strangers in there. I'm 35-year-old black dude. There's all these white dudes in there, most of them older than us. And it was like, well, it's not, maybe that's not true about most of them. Older than us. But either way, uh, it was like, you know, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't a familiar space to walk into, but you made it seem, you know, that way. So I, I've, I've appreciated you, man. You gave me so many nuggets throughout the year on just, you know, stuff you thought I did well, stuff you thought I should maybe approach differently, even to this, even yesterday. Like you give me just little, just little nuggets on, hey, maybe, maybe you should think about doing that like this, or maybe don't do it like that. And I'm like, are you 100% right? And so I just, I just want to say to you publicly, I've said it to you privately, man, but I, I appreciated you uh, for, for helping make that transition a lot smoother for me, truly. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. Um, hopefully it wasn't overbearing. Hopefully I wasn't telling you too much. Like that's the thing is like you sometimes want to uh, let people know stuff, but you don't want to be like in a condescending way of like, hey, I'm the guy that knows everything around here and you don't. Um, but I've been, you know, really like I think you're, you're making it a bigger thing than it is for me because the, the truth is like the, the, the simplest explanation for how it is, is I've been the new guy on a lot of beats. I've changed beats like every three years for my entire career. Now, uh, if I, if I end up covering the upcoming Bears season, that will match the longest continuous time I've ever covered a team, which was university of Florida football 10 years ago. Um, and so I know what it's like to be new. And I know what it, I, I don't know what it's like to walk in and be the only black guy in a room or one of only two black guys yeah. in a room. I'm sure that that yeah. probably was, uh, that may very well be a situation you're pretty used to. Um, But certainly there, that was the case. And um, I I don't know that I thought through it the way that you just said, as you being an addition to the room. But when I heard you say that now, it's absolutely the truth, Russ. He absolutely was an addition to the room um, in terms of like the the answers that he got, because he knows football so well. And and I want to get into that a little bit because not only do you have great people skills, but you have great, you have great understanding of the game because you played it. And I hope you're not offended when I talk about you being kind of an unknown because I, no, I feel true. like you just, I feel like you are for now. Um, and I want, especially our audience to get a chance to know you a little bit better. So I know you're a Chicago guy, you're a former player. Like what's your, what do you think uh, the parts of your life that kind of set you up to do this job so well? Uh, definitely just being a Chicago kid, born and raised on the South side, having different experiences in terms of, you know, going to my neighborhood school in South Shore, that was one particular experience. But then having the experience to go to uh, Whitney Young for high school was a different experience that exposed me to a lot of different people and different cultures. And it allowed me to kind of, you know, um, exercise my, my social skills, you know, in terms of being able to relate to so many people. At this point, I feel like I can pick up and talk to anybody from anywhere at any time. And I, I, I feel comfortable doing that. And I think that uh, a lot of that does go back to to my time um, at Whitney Young, and then just football was just it was my first love. I just I just always gravitated towards that game. It's just fun. I, I appreciate the way it's played, um, and so just loving it. I've always wanted to watch it, whether I was playing it or I wanted to just watch it. I remember like growing up watching the draft, and every year I would watch the draft, and that's it used to be on Saturday mornings, and so I would get up and I would just grab a, a notepad. And I would write down every single pick. How old what are number, you at that what point? What number pick it think? was? What's, 
this probably started at like eight, nine years old. Okay. And I did this so you're a super like, cool eight or nine year old. All right. I did this to probably like, till I was probably like 16, 17 years old. Where I would always just write down every pick of the draft like that, at least like the first two rounds. And uh, I don't know why. I just, I just always liked the game that way. And so uh, following the Bears, I would just read everything. So I would read all of y'all's work. Like, like so walking into that space, um, I didn't want to be like, I didn't want to come in like, like a fan, but I really yeah. appreciated some like all of y'all's work. And I've read it for so long and I've watched the interviews and I've listened to the podcast and all those types of things because I wanted to have all the information. And so, um, yeah, man, I just, I just really love the game and I, I like to talk about it. And so having an opportunity to talk about it, um, at Hallis Hall every day, that's a dream come true for me. And so I just wanted to come in and you're right in terms of being unknown. I don't take that. I'm, I'm not offended by that at all. Um, I covered the Bears for the Bigs media. Shout out to the Bigs. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I wanted to come in and just make sure I was stacking good days. I just wanted to stack good days. I wasn't even worrying about, you know, trying to up my profile or trying to do it. I just wanted to stack good days. And I was like, if you stack enough good days, then those things will start to happen. And then, you know, the the, the interviews start to come and the requests start to come. You start to do those things. And now I do want to focus more on, you know, upping my profile, and, you know, trying to, you know, uh, increase my – um visibility if you will in terms of, of of this industry but initially i just wanted to come in there and be able to and, and and do good work so that was my focus so yeah i don't take any offense to that at all man you're 100 correct i think herb talked about it and jason you talked about it too like perspective is something that i don't think people always uh understand when it comes to opening up people's eyes right I think it's the one thing that's undervalued in our business, whether that be in the NFL, the sport that y'all cover in baseball that I cover, like perspective is so different. I, I know for me, my example is Jason, you talked about being the only black person you see in a press box, right? I, that's been my yeah. experience my entire life covering baseball. Uh, right. Unless my guy Gene or Terrence are at, at the ballpark and I want to get to them in a second. Um, it just shapes who you are as a person. And through that, you know, her might see football differently than you see it based on that alone. And then obviously the knowledge of knowing the sport for a long time comes into play too. But to, Herb, you talked about, you know, working for it's the bigs media. Yeah. Um, shout out to my guy, Gene, Eugene McIntosh. And, and Terrence Tomlin, who have been uh, big brothers to me for a long time. And what was what was the conversation like with them where they were like, hey, man, we want you to cover the Bears for, for It's the Bigs. And then explain for our audience who don't know about It's the Bigs, like the the, yeah. the entire brand, because I think that's yeah, really no, important. For sure, man. Uh, definitely shout out to Terrence, shout out to Gino. I, I love those dudes. They brothers to me. Uh, and they're phenomenal and they, they, they've been doing this thing for a while and they've done some really, really great things. Some of which they don't get credit for, like, like creating the nickname El Mago. Like they did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, That's a MLB, big one. Tony, Tony always nickname. talks about that. Yeah. Yeah. When MLB did the, the, the greatest 50 nicknames of baseball, they did give them the credit for it. But, um, so the, I mean, they've just, they, they, they know what they're doing, but we were doing a show, um, last season we would do a show called uh, the kickoff kickback at, you know, interestingly enough, 
uh, the kickoff kickback. And it would do like 10 to 12, like right after kickoff, something like that. And we would just, you know, talk about the full slate of NFL games, talk about the Bears, you know, make our picks, whatever. Um, and just through doing that, they came to appreciate my knowledge of the game and how I was able to to discuss it and analyze it. And, you know, sometime in the offseason, they were like, yo, what would you think about, you know, covering the Bears for us next season? And I told them both, I was like, listen, don't even mention that to me if that's not a real thing. Like, like, cause that's that's like to to me, that's like always been the thing. You know what I mean? If yeah. I covered the Bears, like that's the thing. And so I was like, listen, don't let's not even, you know what I mean? Don't even play with me like that if that's not a real thing. And so they was like, nah, for real. Um, so I was like, and they pa- hey, and they man, paired you me, with Joe Lewis. Know. Joe Lewis was already there. Yeah, Joe Lewis was already there. Shout out to Joe Lewis. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I'm with it. And so you know, like, like we got to get some things in motion. And they start to do what they needed to do on their end. And sometime a little bit before training camp, you know, all of my credentials and everything came through from the Bears, and and, and it was just time to go to work after that. And shout out to to Joe Lewis. Uh, also known as Flo's and Delini on, yeah. on on Twitter. That's one of the funniest dudes in the world. Like that dude Dr. Flo's, man. First, he's like a he's like going to get like his second PhD or something like that. Like Flo's is like a lightweight genius too. So it's he's like, getting like a Master's of Divinity, I think, isn't he, or something like that? It's, it's he's like no, he's Flo's? like literally going to be like a doctor. Like he's it's old. Flo's would be a good person to get on on the pod. I, he he does a really good job. On there too. What, what happened with you guys? You guys had a big falling out. You were both working there together, and then you forced him out, and he went on to start Barber's Chair Network. What's, you know, have you have you and Joe Lewis like made peace yet, or is this going to be a, a beef that goes on and on? Hey, that was so funny too, because once that once that kind of happened, and you know he decided to to go that way and do that and do his own thing, um, you was like one of those days. You was like, yo, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to be around. Like, y'all cool? He thought it was like, a divorce. He thought, he thought, he thought it was like a, this, this whole beef thing. I was He's like, I was being I over dramatic. I was like, yeah, I was like just sitting behind. He was like, yo, y'all good? I'm like, nah, we good. So, um, yeah, no, nah, it, it, was, it was just good. I think that, you know, for, for us to be, again, in that space, I think that it's an opportunity for us to um, show our worth and then just kind of naturally be able to open up more doors for, for other, you know, people that look like us. And so uh, the more outlets we're able to do that on, the better. And so I was, I'm very, very proud of what they're doing over there at their barber chair. And uh, yeah, flows is dope. So yes, not, nothing nothing went wrong at all. It was just, you know, he had, <laughs> had the opportunity to do it. He talked about it with Terrence and Gino and it was like in full support of it. And so, you know, um, they felt like I was I would be able to uh, handle the Bears coverage for the bigs, even without Flo, even though, again, shout out to Flo's because coming in there, I needed to lean on him having been in that, you know, not in the room last year with COVID, but having been in that position last year, mm-hmm. um, that was a mm-hmm. big help for me. Um, I didn't even know, I didn't even know how to get to the press box in Soldier Field. Yeah. I've been to Soldier Field a bunch of times. I've even been upstairs in the suite, but I never had been to the press box for sure. So even that, uh, shout out to Flo's for that. But yeah, all good with that. That's family. I, uh, there's, you said something about Gino and Terrence that, I don't, I don't want to have people look over or look past. It's just like they have, they're two of the most supportive people you're going to ever meet. 
right? And I think yeah. it's important that they want to highlight black voices in the city of Chicago, yeah. right? And from the moment that I got onto the scene, they were, yo, if you need anything, let us yeah. know, right? And yeah. I always make sure I let them know even now, like I've gone on to do a lot of different stuff. But when I, I first met them, I, I, I think I met Gene the first day I was even covering baseball in the city about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was like, yo, you need anything? Here's my number. It hit me. And like, those are my guys. Cause, and I just, not only being good people, like they just, I appreciate how they want to push black voices forward, you know, in the city yeah. of Chicago in, yeah. in sports where you don't have a lot of those voices. And so I, I've always appreciated them and like they're, like that's family for real, for real. Cause like, I, I can't speak enough about how great those dudes are. So yeah, you're absolutely super, super right. Dope. Like they're, they're best. They're the best. Super, super dope. And they got, they got dope stuff. I mean, they got, you know, long videos of like, like being with Ricketts after the world series game, like just a long time, him just sitting there drinking champagne with them, like videos yeah. are like, that's like just super, super dope content. They've, they've kicked the door do. down. I mean, they have yeah. forced they, really they have, have forced everyone to treat them as legitimate. They're yeah. an upstart. Yeah. They're they're small, small operation, yeah. but they have great reporters. And you and Joe included, even though Joe's moved on. Uh, like it's the people that they've had that have, I think, pushed them into like, you know, the big media in chicago yeah. where you guys you guys have a seat it's the bigs has a seat at the table everywhere i think now yeah that's real i mean look i'm on sports adjacent i was on loho show like last week you know what i mean <laughs> like and I, I'm, I'm serious though you know what i mean like I'm, I'm serious and it's like like those are things that just come from just doing the work and 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 people appreciating it. so you know we just keep stacking good days and see what comes tell us about your football playing you you were a quarterback weren't you herb yeah, once upon a time, some long time ago, I could spin it pretty well. I could probably still spin it. I just can't move no more. Um, but yeah, I, I grew I grew up playing grew up playing uh, quarterback football on the, on the south side, and then went to Whitney Young and played it there. Um, had a weird illness um, in my senior year. That's a super long story, but it cost me a lot of opportunities in terms of college football. So I ended up going down to uh, SIU. And, you know, doing some trials and walking on there. And it was just, at the time, it was a year that had a really, really good team. Brandon Jacobs was there, the running back who ended up playing for the Giants. Uh, he was there, and he was a star. And there's another running back named Arky Whitlock and a quarterback named Joe Samberski. And we went to uh, the semifinals, uh, the 1AA semifinals. And Delaware came in with a quarterback named Joe Flacco. <laughs> And won and and and, and uh, beat us at SIU, but uh, yeah, that was that was that was kind of you know my my football journey of just being able to play the game and just being able to understand it and and have, view it through that lens and you know being a quarterback just taught me how to you know communicate with my teammates and be able to see the game and understand what everybody needs to get done. And so you know I think that's always benefited me in terms of my ability to analyze the game and see it in a certain way. So yeah, for sure. See, that's, I think that's one of the things that sets him apart on the Bears beat, Russ, is that uh, a lot of us can BS with players or whatever, but then the, if the conversation turns to technical aspects of the game or coverages or whatever, Herb can, Herb can match them step for step. And anytime you're around players and you, and 
Like I saw it when uh, I covered the Blackhawks briefly where Charlie understood all the analytics of the game so much better than I did. And players would just like to sit there and talk analytics with Charlie. Um, Herb and I ended up sitting like, because we became friends so quickly, I think we ended up sitting together yeah, sure. like every day during training camp. And, uh, it, it, those are long, hot practices to get through. So I appreciated having a friend like that. But then it turned out like uh, even at the games, like uh, at the road games, like we would just incidentally be seated next to we were yep. both. Remember, I, I remember it like it was yesterday, Herb, uh, the two of us sitting there for the season opener at SoFi Stadium, watching Jason Peters hit the oxygen tank during warmups. Yep. <laughs> uh, but you learn a lot about someone when you sit by him that much. So, I, I mean, I've, I, I obviously I've learned that he's a uh, – He's smart. He's funny. And then I, al- I also wrote down in my, no- in my notes, um, aspiring nudist. Herb Howard does that is not, also he, true. he is like anti-clothes. He doesn't like clothes. I don't. It's not, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a necessary evil, but you know, right. if it weren't necessary, I would do without it. I would do without it for sure. He's dressed as he's here with us today, which I, I thank you. Um, well, this is a con- yeah, the, the top half of him is the rest. This is a conversation him and I had like day five of knowing each other where he it, I don't remember even why it came up. But one way or another, he was like maybe talking about some shoes or a shirt that he was wearing. And he's and he's like, uh, yeah, but I don't even I don't I don't even like clothes. I'd rather be nude if I could. Nah, don't, awesome. Did you say you like sleeping, sleeping like socks or something like that? I, I didn't say that because I don't. Somebody said, I'm like, no, that's crazy. Like, I don't hey, know how you do such a y'all thing. Some, y'all some wild boys, man. I did not come into that space expecting to 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 make friends. I really did not. But I certainly, certainly uh, made one in Jason. And I'm, I'm, I'm super, super grateful for that. because It's legit. And, you know, it wasn't forced. It was easy from day one when it just kept growing. And so super, super grateful for that. He hit me. Uh a couple months back and was just like, yo, we, we got to get her powered on. I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, no, nah, we got to get him on. I'm like, all right, bro. I got you. I got you. But like, I understood, like, I've watched your work from afar for a long time. Love what you do. Um, it was the same thing with like, just like flows. Like I found flows organically. I'm like, oh man, this dude's dope. Started following along. So you same thing. Like, I watched you go around the tailgate before Bears games and talk to people. And I'm <laughs> yeah. doing man on the street. And like yeah. that's journalism at its at its core, is that. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So um, but telling a dude you'd rather be butt ass than have clothes on five days in a friendship. Yeah. yeah wild. I mean, you wild yeah, for that. Yeah. I, I told you. I told I told I told you earlier I don't really I don't really care I don't fear judgment or anything like that I just it is what it is like that's that's my truth you want you want to go through my phone go through my phone whatever you find hey keep it there's yourself. nothing people should fear more there's nothing people should fear more than a dude that does not fear judgment yeah whatever you know what I mean? <laughs> our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too. That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. All right, so former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores, who was fired uh, in Miami a couple months back, came out on Tuesday that he is suing the NFL, the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins, and the New York Giants um, for racism in the hiring process. Uh, There was a lot of, I guess you would call evidence that came out today when we're recording on Tuesday, Uh, text messages from Bill Belichick, where Bill Belichick says, hey, I heard you got the Giants job. Uh, congratulations, something to that effect, where in which Flores replies, thanks, coach. Mm-hmm. And Belichick comes back like, ah, wrong, Brian, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah wrong, 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 Brian. I meant to text like right. Brian Dayball, white, who white Brian. Right, white Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, doubt that's uh, how he uh, has him stored in his phone. Her, in his phone. Yes. And so. The the, the the what's wrong with that situation is Brian Flores had his interview three days later. Yeah, and somehow a coach already, for another team already knows what's going on and that they're right. going to hire Brian Dable. And Brian Flores hasn't even had his interview yet. So the evidence is not prior. against Bill Belichick. It just happens to be it's incidental against, that it comes from Belichick. Right. It's against the Giants. Right. And so you know you have the Rooney Rule where you have teams that you know, have to interview a, a minority candidate, a, a candidate of color. And for a long time, in theory, the rule has been created to give candidates of color, whether it be GMs or coaches, opportunities. The problem with it is it's turned into let's talk to a token candidate yeah. of color right. so we can check it off the list before we hire the guy we really want to hire. Which was um, the most obvious outcome of that rule right. you could imagine. You had nine openings right. this offseason for head coaching positions. None of them feel like by coaches of color. And maybe now more than ever, you have an entire pool of qualified uh, coaches of color, black coaches. Um, and it's just sad. Like you, you see, you, you hear, you read in the, the, the lawsuit that the Denver Broncos were interviewing him in 2019 and mm-hmm. the, the Broncos brass was clearly inebriated before their interview with Brian Flores. And it's like, you come to the, you want to interview me and then you come drunk or hung over to, to my interview. Like what, what are we doing here? Would you do this to a non-black person? Um, yeah. As evidence so, essentially that they, they were, this was not a serious interview. Right. Like they were just like, Oh, this is, we're just bullshit. So we can, Right. Right. This is serious. Like this is not just some, Oh, we're going to sue three teams in the NFL like this. There's evidence. And, you know, cause this is not just something I think the, the text from Belichick the other day was the nail in the coffin, but he had that, that interview with the Broncos happened two years ago. Yeah. 
And and so like compiling all this data around the NFL, and you think of the coaches who had this has happened to in different ways, where it's just like this could be a much bigger. This could only be the tip of the iceberg when it's all said and done. This could be a game changer. This could be, and I think Brian Flores knows that. Brian Flores could end up making himself basically the Colin Kaepernick of coaches, where he's put. Right. He's a forty year old. He's forty. I mean, that's like a that's the that's a rookie head coach practically. I mean, most some coaches don't even get the guy the Bears just hired to his first time job. Matt Eberflus is fifty one or fifty two. I mean, Brian Flores could have a thirty year career ahead of him, and he knows he is putting that fully at risk, fully jeopardizing it. Um, yeah. And I think that he is blowing the lid off something that we have all been assuming is happening. That we all sit there and kind of, you know, roll our eyes at when so and so candidate of color gets a, an interview that we know is not a serious interview. Um, I don't, he, he alleges a lot of other things. He alleges that uh, the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross offered him a hundred thousand dollars for every game that he lost in 2019 when they awesome. were trying to tank. That's, yeah. that's what he alleges. He alleges, like you said, that uh, the, the Broncos front office was hung over and late when they met with him. Um, he alleges that Stephen Ross, pressured him to break the tampering rules by recruiting Tom Brady. Um, and all of these teams and the league have come out and denied basically all of this. The NFL says that all his claims are without merit. And again, this is one of the dangers of recording this on a Tuesday. And now you guys will hear this Thursday morning is that things could change. Brian Flores, for example, is going to go on uh, CBS morning Wednesday at 7 a.m. That's going to be after we record this. So there may be more information that comes out, but we have, we have both, we have something from both sides right now as, so I think yeah. there is some framework where we could discuss this and hopefully you, as you are listening to our conversation about this, uh, show us some grace for information that may come out in the, uh, in the 36 hours between when we do tape this and when it releases, but the, the NFL says his claims are meritless. The giants say that he was considered until the 11th hour. I can't imagine how that Anybody was buying that, uh, but that's what they're saying. The Broncos say they have detailed notes on that meeting and deny the allegations. The Dolphins deny racial discrimination and compromising the integrity of the game. So you have a little bit of, uh, you know, what do you expect those teams to say? They're not going to be like, ah, he got us. But I also yeah. think, Russ, Brian Flores is risking his career. He's risking yeah. his livelihood. Brian Flores is not set for life financially, most likely. Brian Flores is at the onset of a head coaching career and is willing to risk it for what he says something. He says something is bigger than football. You talk about no black coaches being hired yet in this hiring cycle when a third of the league almost has job openings. There's one black head coach in the entire league, and it's Mike Tomlin. So if Brian Flores is going to go scorched earth on the NFL, the Broncos, the Giants, and the Dolphins in court, I I think he knows that he's got to have evidence and he's shown you already. He's got some of the evidence about the giants job. And Herb, I want to give you the floor at, uh, with this. It's like the, 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 the thing at the end with Brian Flores in, in Miami was, Oh, he was hard to work with. And it's the thing you see in life. A lot of the times with black men, it's, it's the angry black man. Right. Um, yeah. Hey, guess what? Like like, that's kind of why Doug Peterson and Jim Harbaugh don't have jobs too. But 
it's looking a little different for them this hiring cycle so far. Right. You you want to make it like, oh, he's difficult to work with and, and he does he's not he doesn't work well with others and, and it becomes that when in actuality there were all these other things that Brian Forrest alleges behind the scenes. Um and it, it just I wanna be surprised. Like anytime something like this happens, I wanna be surprised. But we can't be, right? We the most the most op- job openings I think that there have ever been in the NFL in one cycle, nine coaching openings. You've had five filled by nine uh, minority coaches, and the other five jobs are awful jobs. And it's a situation where you're just like, look, you've had Josh McDaniels turn down jobs for the last what six, seven years, waiting for the one that he wanted, right? And getting a second opportunity when a lot of times as a black candidate, if you mess up that first time, the chances that you get another opportunity are slim to none. Russ, how about if you mess up? Could you imagine if Josh McDaniels was black? How about if you mess up the first one, then take another one and back out before you actually arrive? Like you, you think a black coach that does that is ever getting another phone call? Go ahead, Herb. That's white privilege for sure. No, that's white privilege for sure. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot to it's a lot to digest the whole entire situation. Um, number one, I, I would say I want to um, commend and salute Brian Flores for for taking this step because it's not easy. You are absolutely right. Um, I think not only is he risking his you know coaching future, I would go so far as to say that he's sacrificing it. He's like giving it in. Yeah. Like there's no way somebody's going to make him their head coach no. after this. Um, just like Colin Kaepernick wasn't going to be anybody's quarterback after taking his stand. And so I, I, I commend Brian Flores for saying, listen, this can't continue. Somebody has to do something. He's That's Herb, he's one. doing this. He's doing this, by the way. Uh, he's not been shut out. Uh, he still is, no. from what we know, a candidate in Houston and New Orleans, although we can circle back to that one later because that seems to be, to me, on the surface, exactly the kind of situation he's upset about. But he, right. he, is, yeah. he is willing to sacrifice potential current opportunities over this. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. And I, I think that that's a really big thing. Number two, I, I, for me, the Rooney Rule, well-intended, perhaps, it was always, it was always flawed. But it, it's what, it's what Black people get in America. Symbolism. Whenever white people were like, okay, maybe we could do better. Here's symbolism. We'll put this black person on the back of a quarter, right? Or we will put in racism on the back of our helmets. Or every single, almost every game, we'll have a black person singing the national anthem. And it's like, nobody's asking for symbolism here. Nobody asks for America to make Juneteenth a national holiday. Like, right. we, that's, that's not what we're asking for, right? Miss us with the symbolism. We, we want real, tangible outcomes. And I think the Rooney Rule was much more symbolism. That being said, I also must acknowledge that if I own something, I'll do whatever I want with it. You know what I mean? Like, if, 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 if it's mine, I'll hire whoever I want. And... If I don't want to hire a black man, then I just I'm not going to do that. And as far as I'm concerned, that is your right. 
Because if I own something, I'm going to hire whoever I want to hire. And that is also my right. Now, do you then have to accept or acknowledge the biases and racism in your hiring practices? Yeah, you got to face that. You got to face that. Because that is apparent too. You have a league mostly dominated by black players. Yet only one head coach is a black person. Like that's mm-hmm. that's unacceptable. The, the, the simple, zero black the owners. Sheer math would tell you zero black owners. The shit math would tell you that that's not a real thing, right? Um, and so that's number two. But you also have to consider the source. Like in any conversation, any type of context, consider who it's coming from. You are talking about mostly older white men. If you are a 65, 75, 85, 95 year old white person in this country, for me, I assume prejudice. Now, if it's not, then that's great. But I expect it. I'm not surprised by it. I I, I, I expect it. I anticipate it. I hope that one day we can get to a generation or two down the line when that's no longer the case. But for the most part, I expect it. And so because of that, I think that the onus is then on black people and black players to take a stand on these types of things. All the black players had an opportunity to stand with Colin Kaepernick when he took his stand. Very few of them did outside of what I was just talking about, symbolism, right? So, oh, I'll stand, I'll hold arms with you. I'll kneel with you. How about, I'm not playing for y'all no more. I'm done, right? Because if every black player in that league walked out, that's it. That's it, right? Sure, you can go find replacements, right? And if you want to go watch a bunch of white cornerbacks play football, then go ahead. But no, I've, I've only I've only seen Jason Seahorn do that. Like that's not a that's not a real thing at the NFL level. So what I'm saying is, bounce, right? Bounce. If that's how y'all feel, if you if you recognize these injustices, bounce. But again, that is a huge huge sacrifice when you're asking these players to take on the loss of this generational wealth and say mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna take a stand for my people it's like are we really gonna do that most like, of the guys not, not, most of the guys not making tens of millions of dollars and you're putting it on True. them it, it falls in a way where you're, you're correct that that would absolutely make an impact but it again puts it on uh the people that are being victimized here to solve the problem like we're we're victimizing right. you you know, you get us to stop. No, and look I, how, I agree with you, and that's not fair. I was gonna just gonna say, and look how players reacted to Cap. Black players reacted when Cap initially took a knee and, and was sitting out. It's like, well, what he doing it for, and X, Y, and Z, and well, I don't want to do that. Or, or you had players who were just like, yo, I really, I really want to support him. I, I really think this is right. But if I do it, I will never play in this league again. Guys, you know. You can't revolt against that in what you love. Yeah. And that's 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 black America's biggest problem with seeking 
to end oppression, right? And to this fight for black liberation. Our biggest problem is that you cannot revolt against that in which you love. And we love capitalism as much as any other American. Like we, 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 we desire and pursue the same things that white America desires and pursues. The problem is white America is in control of that. And so for us to then continually pursue that, there's no way you can fight against it when it oppresses you. You just can't. You have to, if you want to change someone's behavior and they don't want to themselves, you have to be able to deliver a sufficient enough consequence for them to change said behavior. That's the only way it works. We try to appeal to this sense of morality or sense of righteousness. To hell with that. To hell with morality and righteousness. This ain't about right and wrong. This is a power conversation, right? Do you have the power to be able to deliver a sufficient enough consequence to change the behavior? If I'm a child and I'm 16 and my curfew is at 11 o'clock and I come in at one o'clock, my parents are going to deliver a sufficient enough consequence to change my behavior. They're not trying to change my mind. They couldn't care less about my mind. I could still think I should be able to be out to one o'clock and think whatever you want to think. Okay, but that's not what you're going to do. You're going to change your behavior because I can deliver a sufficient enough consequence for you to change your behavior. Black people have to figure out what ways we can use to be able to deliver those types of consequences. And we don't have that many options, but we have to figure those things out. And I know he's got his list of things. And, and if I was a betting person, just on facts, whether these things happened or not, I would say, yeah, these things happen. But how are you going to prove somebody had a hangover two years ago? Right? How are you going to prove that unless Stephen Ross, who I doubt is a stupid man, sent you an email that says, hey, I'll give you 100K for every game we lose, you can't prove that either. The only thing in, this, in all these allegations that you can prove that Bill Belichick texts you, right? That text message is the only thing that's going to be able to be proven. And I think that's very damning because it goes against the Rooney rule. Symbolism as it is, flawed as it is is the rule that's in place and that's black and white. That's on paper. And so that is what you can use mostly. The rest of that, they're going to deny it. And I, I don't think he's lying, but you can't prove that. Well, we'll see. I mean, that's there's more to come on this. There's, like we said, more to come in the next 36 hours, I'm sure, between this conversation but Brian, and when this episode comes out. But Brian Flores knows, Russ. He knows when he brings these allegations, he's got to have some evidence. He knows there's almost no point in alleging these things unless he has evidence i'm i gotta think he's got something i'm yeah i would imagine so and the the fact that a random bill belichick text put this entire thing together is crazy and herb hit on something and talking about you know symbolism right and 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 more words and actions where you know let's put the in racism sticker and uh i'll i'll we'll all hold hands and lock arms and we'll all take a knee together and not actually do anything and i was driving home from the studio today thinking to myself like remember when they got jay-z and roger goodell to do that press conference together right it was like look black people jay-z y'all love him right symbolism <laughs> right symbolism like, that was that was supposed to make us forgive everything and, and like Oh, we were supposed to forget, and I I'll never forget. And I, I'm a I'm a big Jay Z guy, but the in that press conference he said we've moved past kneeling. Yes, and I'll never forget that. Trash. I'll never forget it because 
it was one, it was just like, oh, who are you to say that we've moved past this? And what, that was maybe th- two, three years ago? And I look back yeah. now and I want to be like, oh, have, have we moved past kneeling? Because I don't also, think we have. Also, Black people's fault, right? Like, no other culture looks to their pop stars or entertainers or actors for political leadership, right? But we allow those people to be held in our community as, like, Jay-Z's, like, literally a thought leader for, like, politics and how we should move. Like, why? What what qualified him to do that? Because but he got I, rich I, I rapping? Think, I, I think it, it's more so somebody thinking that that was going to sway the black community, which it would not. But the the, the idea that, yeah, you know, at the NFL people, thinking that black people love Hove, let's bring Jay-Z out here and see what we can do. Right. And it, it's just, it was funny to me thinking about that entire press conference. Cause it was just going through my head driving home. And I was like, yo, they really I, thought that they I did something. I would say something. that it worked though, Russ. I would, I would say that it worked. Like you got Jay to agree with it. You got them to come in there and say we're past kneeling, and then and now no one kneels. If you don't want to stand in the national anthem, stand in the tunnel while the national anthem is playing, and then after the national anthem is played, now you can come in. And the Bears probably have like fifteen or twenty players that stand in the tunnel every week, and then after the anthem plays, then they come running out there because you can you can protest in silence over there in the corner, but not not out here because we're past kneeling. Either we pass it or we not. So if y'all still standing in there, like then we and and Jay has it's it's, it's symbolism. But I, as much as I know that black people are not the cause of these issues, I cannot say that in many ways we haven't been complicit. And I want to this I want to make sure I'm very very clear about that distinction there because it's all about the cause. But we also have to accept accountability for where we have been complicit in our own demise in many of these ways. We have to be intentional about our efforts. And I think number one, that starts with having a shared identity. And until we can get that, having a shared agenda is really just a pipe dream. All right, Russ, let's do football roundup. It's time for football roundup. We're going to take you through the most important news from a big football weekend, championship weekend, NFC, yep. AFC championship. You know, we end up getting the 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 chief the, the Chiefs are out and we get the Bengals and the Rams. And I'm kind of down about that. I wanted I wanted Chiefs Rams. Those are the two teams going into the season that I thought would be the two best teams. And I know everyone likes upsets, but I don't. I like to see the heavyweights punch it out. I'm happy the Rams are there. My boy Cooper Cup going to the Super Bowl again. He loves uh, Cooper Cup. But then I, the, I, I know you're this curmudgeon that oh, I want to see the the two teams, the best teams. But that's, yes. that's cool and all. Yeah. But like you, you cannot as a reporter not say that the Bengals are not a really good story. They're a good story, but like I, Herb, I can't get over this. I, the, I saw the Bears beat that team. So like I, I'm sorry, I'm scarred by that. I, I can't get past that. I saw the Bears beat that team, and I know Stop it was like week. I know it was like I know it was week two. I know it was week two. I saw the Bears beat that team. I can't get over that. Yeah, the Bears won like three more games after that, so it doesn't matter. They did beat the Bucs. I would last bet that like Matt Nagy's like hanging his hat on that too. Like, hey, I beat the Super Bowl team. Like he'll mention that in future job no. interviews. Yes. Uh football roundup Definitely. is brought to you by BetUS. You can go on to betus.com and use promo code sportsadjacent to get a 125% sign-up bonus. Start your account with a hundred dollars. 
They'll kick you 25. Russ, their Super Bowl line. This is it. This is the big line. This is what you're going to want to know. Rams minus four over the Bengals as of this recording. Now, the game's next week, so still a lot of time before we get to that. Uh, going into the season, you might find this interesting. See, I thought the Rams were going to be really good. I had them either first or second in the NFC. But I can't remember if I had them or the Bucs. Um, but they were 16-1 to 1 to win it all going into the season. That was behind the Browns. The Browns are more of a favorite here to get to this point and win the championship than the Rams. The Bengals, Russ, the Bengals were 125 to one. They were behind the Jaguars. Wow. Interesting. Only ahead, only ahead of uh, the Jets, the Lions and the Texans in that uh, Super Bowl MVP. Russ, your favorite guy is uh, one of the favorites. Already Matt put Stafford. money on him. Matt, and, and and I think it's a good bet. It's a good value play because, I I mean, the guy has huge games. And Absolutely. A, big, a big enough game by him, by an all-pro wide receiver, could actually break that, uh, pat, that, that, like, you know, routine of just giving it to the winning quarterback. But Matt Stafford is 1-1 one to one to win MVP. Joe Burrow is 9-4. to four, And then your guy, Cooper Cup, is 11-2. to two. And then uh, another interesting one, another one that would be worth keeping an eye on, Jamar Chase is 16-1. to one. He's fourth. Couple of sleepers, if you can call him that, I guess. Aaron Donald is eighteen to one to win Super Bowl MVP. If he has, a, he's a name. He wouldn't. It helps. You see, if you're not a quarterback, you need the head start of having a name. I think. Right. Um, eight time All Pro or whatever he is will probably do the job. And uh, Odell Beckham is twenty two to one. I think those would be uh, pretty good bets. You can also bet on BetUS uh, on Snoop. Will Snoop smoke weed on stage? It says it's got to be on stage. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which I don't even know why this is controversial because I thought, you know, I, I thought this was like pretty normalized by now, but maybe not. Uh, yes is plus 195. No is minus 235. And then one more thing for you before we move on. Uh, looking on to beyond the Super Bowl, they have odds on the next Tampa Bay Bucks starting quarterback. So this would be whoever's going to be starting week one for the Buccaneers now that Tom Brady is retired. Jimmy Garoppolo, the favorite at seven to two. Teddy Bridgewater at four to one, Kyle Trask nine to two. I believe he's the backup right now to Brady, okay. and then uh, Aaron Rodgers eleven to two. We talked about Aaron Rodgers in the uh, dozen or so places he could end up uh, on our last show. Football roundup begins with Joe Burrow, who has rallied his team to the Super Bowl. It's a good time to be Joe Burrow. Not only has he uh, really bounced back well from that torn ACL, but he has upended Patrick Mahomes for the second time. Uh, and then he shows up to the to the uh, to the post game necklace, or to the <laughs> to the post game press <laughs> conference wearing yeah. the necklace, wearing the diamond studded Nike swoosh with the JB. Did you like it, Russ? Did you like the necklace? Big fan. Listen, I'm a big Joe Burrow guy. Like okay. my guy Joe Shiesty. That's a bad dude. And like you could just he's just a swaggy dude by nature. Like guys gravitate towards him. I'm big Joe Burrow guy. He answered it very swaggy. He's, he was asked. Uh, he was asked if those are real diamonds. I've got to ask about the jewels. Are they real, and what are they? And did you sense an opening at the end of the first half when the Chiefs didn't get at least three points? They're definitely real. I think <laughs> I make too much money to have fake ones, so you know these are real. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. What was the second question? <laughs> it was. First of all, baller Straight. answer. Second of all, how you gonna ask somebody that? Like, I'm I'd be offended if somebody asked me if my diamonds were real. Hmm. 
I think it might be because it's a little bit weird to have a diamond crusted Nike swoosh as a necklace. I think if it wasn't that, if it wasn't some corporate logo, if it was just like a JB, then maybe they wouldn't have asked. I don't nah, know. I don't like this. People people ask him that because he a white dude, is swaggy, got diamonds, he wear the sunglasses. It's like, mm, he doesn't seem cool enough to be wearing. Like, we expect this from like Jamar Chase or something, but like you, you can't. Hmm. And, and Joe's like, Sh- I'm rich. Yeah, these real diamonds. I'm rich. Yes. I respect it. I just like it. I like how he went all straight cash homie on them. Like that was like yeah. straight cash homie. Like, you know what I mean? That was straight out the Randy Moss playbook. Like <laughs> he, he does have some personality. He does seem to let it fly. And that is rare in that sport at that position, I think. And especially at that stage of your career. And the fits he's wearing, like, come on, dog. Those fits is those fits cost. Those joints are not these $200 men's warehouse suits, like he going to a stylist getting stuff put together. I feel him. Herb fits means the clothes that he wears. I learned that on this show uh, a few months ago. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I got another one for you. It was I, got slow herb. I got another one he, for you. Here. I got another one here for you. He's a working Russell. game over there. That's right. <laughs> working game. Remember that. <laughs> How about this for you, Russ? Robbie Gold, he wants all the smoke. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. We like this. Robbie, a sarcastic he, clap or you, he did you used, used correctly. But Herb, you Herb, correctly. you know he wants all the smoke. You know you know that he does because he was kicking practice field goals right through the Green Bay Packers uh, introductions a couple of weeks ago. Then he does it again through the Rams. Of all people, like this is something Bet US should have odds on. If you could bet on the odds of a, a San Francisco player getting into it with Jalen Ramsey, what odds could you have gotten on it being Robbie Gold of all people? Yeah, same odds we could have got on that on that Chris Collinsworth bet I told you at Pittsburgh. <laughs> I don't remember this. What what was that? Oh gosh, can we say oh, it on yeah. the air first? Oh yeah, I know this. <laughs> can we is, can so we told, get in trouble? Was, Do we have no, to no, 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 no. We can say this. Um, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's oh, so good. We not? Oh no, we're not going to get in trouble. But Herb might get in trouble in his house and his Herb's uh, Herb's girlfriend, uh, who I I assume is reasonably close to his age. Has a uh, she collection. is she she is very attracted to Chris Collinsworth, not Jack Collinsworth, yes, son, the younger one, Chris Collinsworth. I was sitting next the to Pops. Jay at Heinz Field, and I'm sitting next to Jay uh, at Heinz, and I'm like, "Yo," uh, she like texts me or something, so I text her back. I'm like, "Yo," I was like, "If I if 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 you had to bet." Out of all these, I don't know, 60-some thousand people in here, like, who would you think that my girlfriend was, like, most attracted to? This was the Sunday night game. This was the Sunday night game at Lambeau. And he says, if you had to bet on who in this entire stadium full of people, players, fans, everyone included, who my girlfriend would uh, probably, you know, leave me for, who would it be? And he tells me it'd be Chris Collinsworth. He's like, I don't know. Like, how long would it take you to say Chris Collinsworth? He was like, uh... How many how many people does this yeah. stadium see? Like be 70, 73,000 guesses it would have taken me. Um he was kicking again, he was kicking his warm-ups right through like a little crowd of Rams players. It reminded me of like, you know, somebody teeing off on the golf course when they probably shouldn't have been. And uh and Jalen Ramsey got into it with him. You you just of all people to get into it with Jalen Ramsey, you wouldn't think it'd be Robbie Gold. Anyway. Uh, Russ, I did not realize that anything interesting ever happens with the Vikings, but mm-hmm. it does. 
Apparently it does. Did you know that Mike Zimmer, their former coach, 65-year-old Mike Zimmer, is dating a 38-year-old supermodel? Are you aware of this? Good for Mike Zimmer. I didn't know that. I did not, yeah. but good for Mike. 65-year-old Mike Zimmer is dating a 38-year-old supermodel named Katerina. I believe it's uh, McKetton. I'm not sure how to pronounce that exactly. But I became aware of this because she has been going after his former boss on Twitter. Is it okay. Rick Spielman or Chris Spielman? Now I can't remember. Which one was the, uh, Rick. the Vikings GM? Rick, Rick Spielman. is the GM. Chris is the linebacker. So he, uh, he, she accuses Rick Spielman of going on and, uh, quote, it wasn't my fault media tour and alleges that uh, he and the coach, Wait, Mike Zimmer. Russ, that- <laughs> we lost Russ. Is that your face, Russ, for looking at her? Uh, Russ just found at- Mike Zimmer's girlfriend, didn't he? Yeah. Um, is- yeah. You all right, buddy? I- I'm happy for, for, for Mike. Like, shout out to you. You look perplexed. But- I'm just. You look like me like, when I saw the Sean Keith Sean Mc, Sean McVay, uh, his fiance or girlfriend is also like a supermodel, but like Sean yeah. McVay is like a handsome dude, right? Yeah. I wouldn't put Mike Zimmer into that that conversation. Um, no, he looks like a 65 year old man, and not I even mean, like a rarely attractive. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I'm not gonna hate on Mike. Good for him. Don't He's older than my father. I'm happy for him, but how can you really? Can you really receive that as love? Like, like in his quiet moments, can he really tell us something like, "No, nah, she really loves me"? Maybe she does. We don't Maybe know about their does, relationship. I'm, she I'm, might. I'm, I'm, you guys, she both might. of you, she both might. of you just heard about this ten seconds ago. I think no, I might. actually knew about it. <laughs> but still, I love that she's emboldened enough that she's going after his former boss. And among other things, by the way, you know, like we can make fun of. Uh, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace for their collaboration and collaborating and saying collaborate all the time. But she alleges on Twitter that Spielman and Zimmer did not talk for the final three months of the season and goes on to tell him, quote, your gossip needs to stop, quote, and quote, let's talk facts. I mean, yeah, I was about to say, I guess she does love him because like I would want my girl to defend me after I got fired too. Yeah. Keep her Zim. And can. finally, uh, finally, from football roundup, Herb, are you familiar with uh, Tom Brady? I've heard of him. Okay. Tom Brady retires uh, with seven rings. And Russ, I, I was shocked when I saw this number because he started playing a long time ago. Um, and the contracts have gone a lot higher since then. He's going to walk away with almost half a billion in NFL salary, let alone whatever else he got from endorsements, 475 million in career earnings for Tom Brady. When I think about Tom Brady winning seven rings and how that's now, that's the new standard in the NFL. So like, I always think of Patrick Mahomes because in the same way that Michael Jordan set six as the number in the NBA. And now LeBron spends his entire career chasing that and will there will there is a possibility that it will be looked at as a disappointment if he doesn't get to six. I think of Mahomes trying to chase seven, and he's at one. Lost it, and it might it already feels like it might be kind of too late for him. I mean, they've I had he's even though he's twenty six, like to get to seven, especially when Brady took one from him, that was a big one. If you're going to look at chasing yeah. ghosts and trying to catch Brady, that was the that was the huge big picture stakes of that Super Bowl last year is that Mahomes had a chance to keep him at six 
and close it to a, a gap of four. Now, now you're talking it's possible. It's a two-point swing. But for yeah, Brady to take – that would that would be like if LeBron went against Jordan in the finals and Jordan won it and Jordan yeah. you know, took one away from him in his chase. That number is insane, right? Like seven Super Bowls, that's yeah. – as good as Pat is, there's no way in hell he gets to that. Like if he got to be four right. – if we got to four, he we, we don't say all right. He's the second greatest quarterback of all time behind, obviously Tom, right? Yeah. And then not only to think about seven, but to think if not for Eli Manning of all people, that number is twice. nine. Yeah, nine. Nick Foles, ten. Like think of the guys that kept him from ten Super Bowls: Eli Manning twice and Nick Foles. Yeah. He'd be up there with Bill Russell. The other way. True. But if you're going to do that, you got to go the other way, too. You got to say that he shouldn't have the first one because of the tuck rule. You got to say that he shouldn't have the Seahawks one because Pete Carroll, that entire staff, should never, ever make another decision in life about anything ever again. (laughs) And you got to say the same thing about the Falcons one. So, I mean, I'm not taking it away. You can't take it away. He earned them. They won them. But if we're going to say, you know, it was the miracle catch on the helmet or the ridiculous mm-hmm. throw to Manningham down the sideline, yeah. yeah. you got to go, you got to go tuck rule and, and beast mode and, and, you know, 28, three. I find it so interesting when you're competing against players from the past, the way LeBron is, LeBron is competing against Jordan. And I don't know if, I can't remember if they ever faced each other, if they briefly faced each other one no. season, maybe like I, I believe they never played each other. So you're playing, you're, you're competing against someone that was done before you started. And it's not quite that with Mahomes and Brady. Cause they, they, we actually got a chance to see them right. go against each other, but it's not a knock on Mahomes. It's not a knock even on the chiefs. They have had a, a championship level team for the last four seasons yeah. and they've got one yeah. Super Bowl. It's that difficult. Like and to be twenty six and need six more to even catch Brady, I I feel like it's already getting pretty late for him. Russ, would you like to hear the news we didn't get to today? Always, Jason Leisure. Always, Herb. Yes, please and thank you. Okay, good. This is this is the part of the show where we kind of wind down and we just it's, it's kind of a safety net. We just catch all the stuff, all the important news that we didn't get to. Uh, Joel Embiid. This is last week. He got into it with Pelicans guard Jose Alvarado. Now, l- let me give you the as though this was a boxing match. Let me give you the uh, the dimensions on these guys. Joel Embiid, 7'1", 280. Uh, Jose Alvarado, 6'0", 179. Literally 100 pounds on him, Russ. Uh, they went chest to chest, got a double technical, and it came out later that Joel Embiid, who has made $132 million and has uh, another $230 million coming. That's what that, I was saying, Her, My bad. Like Sidebar, that can't be chest to chest. Well, you know, sort of. It's like chest groin to, to chest. Chest to belly, maybe. Right. <laughs> but Joel Embiid is, is 7-1. Jose Alvarado is 6-0, yes. Herb, uh, just... FYI, just to help you out here, hand signals aren't going to really do a lot on an audio podcast. No, I, I, I didn't want to cut you off to make your point. I just wanted to. He was like mentally doing the math, and I saw him and picked it up. And I was like, yes, I agree. I agree Herb not only not mistaken. only talks with his hands, but thinks with his hands too. Yeah. Uh, so and does Matt Eberflus, by the way. 
Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You and him have that in common. You guys are both uh, yes, we do. gesture a lot when you talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Joel Embiid said the reason I bring this up is because it came out from Alvarado that Joel Embiid told him after the game, hey, I'll, I'll pay your fine for that technical. It's a $2,000 fine. You got Joel Embiid on his way to making half a billion dollars and you got Alvarado on the way to making $460,000 this season. And at first when this came out, I thought, oh, Joel Embiid is trying to flex on him. You know, I make enough money that I'll pay your fine or whatever. But when you find out that it came out from Alvarado and Joel Embiid, it's kind of a nice thing. It's kind of a cool thing that he's doing. I like it. I think it's he can't be doing that for everybody. It can't just be like, you know, the bank's open. Come, you know, come start fights with me and I'm going to pay your fine if you're one of the minimum salary guys. No, listen, Joel, I think he's he's he was known to be that guy. And this year he's taking his game to another level, probably going to win MVP. And, you know, the trash talk has come down a little bit. But it's like, look, dog, I'm making a lot of money. You just got in the league. Yeah, it's we it, we, it was cordial after I'll pay your fine yeah. for you. I think it's cool. Um, speaking of the Sixers, by the way, quick, quick, quick. Ben Simmons update. I know you're done with Ben Simmons. Just quick update. Uh, he has now lost $19 million and has not gotten a paycheck since October 1st. You know, it's funny since I had that conversation with you about not wanting to talk about Ben Simmons anymore on our show, we have Shams update us on the latest with Ben Simmons, like three times a week. So yeah. that's what I get. Well, we're back in on Ben Simmons. Then, maybe. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't think I'd be homeless, but if I went since October 1st without getting my paycheck, I would be in trouble, I think. Wouldn't be good. Yeah, most people would have to adjust some things in that scenario. October 1st was a long time ago, Herb. October 1st? Like, no, that's a, that's a long time to not have I think the Bears had a winning game. record at that point. I was definitely about to be like, the Bears <laughs> thought they were going to the playoffs on October, October yeah. 1st. Uh, this is now uh, possibly becoming a recurring segment, Russ, of uh, old white guy feuds with uh, their former team. Uh, okay. Jerry West, 83-year-old Jerry West, the logo, is feuding with the Leg- Lakers um, yes. because they have rescinded his lifetime season tickets, and they informed him of that by a text to his wife. That's messed up. For Why did they do the logo who- like that? What did he do? Well, there's some bad blood here. I'm glad you asked. Uh, there, there was an issue a while back when he was running the Lakers where he, uh, Jerry Buss offered him a million-dollar incentive if he could land Shaq, and then he did. And then he kinda, they kind of had to fight about actually getting that million-dollar bonus. But, so that, that might be a little bit of you know, the start of an issue with them. But the, the bigger problem, my guess, is that when Jerry West was working for the Clippers, he uh, – was very influential in Kawhi Leonard not going to the Lakers and was uh, on tape calling the Lakers a show. And now he worked for the Clippers at the time. That was his job was to try to get him to right. the Clippers. But I, I have sure. a feeling that's what the issue is. I have a feeling that's why yes. he got his season tickets revoked. Man, Dr. Jerry, Dr. Jerry Buss is rolling over his grave. They saw how they was doing the logo, man. <laughs> Uh, are you familiar with Machine Gun Kelly, Russ? I am. Yeah. He and uh, he and Megan Fox now America's sweethearts. Apparently, definitely, definitely know who Megan Fox is. Yes. Uh, anyway, six months <laughs> really. Ago, six months ago, he got the name of his upcoming album 
tattooed on himself, born with horns, got it tattooed on his arm. Now, as someone who recently got a tattoo, just a quick question for you, Russ. Uh, yeah. Is that something you did just kind of willy nilly? I don't know if I really want to do this, whatever. Let's just, you know, tap me up. No, I, I thought about it two years before I got it and joined uh-huh. myself. I, I think you thought about it like two years longer than Machine Gun Kelly did, because after he got the name of the upcoming album tattooed on his arm and got his collaborator, Travis Barker, to get it tattooed on his arm, uh, he just the other day on Monday announced that he was changing the name of the album to mainstream sellout. So the Born With Horns tattoo wow. is going to be for an wow. album that will never exist. Wow. He's a uh, he's an interesting character. But uh, shout out to Megan Fox, Megan, if you're listening, what's good? I should I are you, shooting this shot? Should I shoot back? Jay, he's shooting like, this shot. Clear out? No, yeah, no, no. Yeah, just let clear him, out. Clear out. Let I him saw. work. Let him work, game. I <laughs> four mind. corners. It's gone. Four corners. It's gone. I don't know what when to you do. Said, here. When you said work, game, do the then She she. <laughs> Thank you. Uh... Russ, are you familiar with Rihanna? I'm also familiar with her. Rihanna You're was very good. familiar with her. Yeah. Uh, ASAP Rocky. He is winning at life right now. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Ace. Should I call him? Can I call him ASAP or do I have to say ASAP Rocky the whole the whole name? Say, say it's ASAP. like a tr- He's the most popular. You can say ASAP. Yeah. Okay. There's an ASAP Ferg, but yeah, you can say ASAP. We is his also that. with a dollar sign for the S or no? Yes, they're both the same from the, that's same, the same crew. That's the oh. same click. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got you. All right. Uh, well, Rihanna is pregnant. She and she's yeah. unfortunately for you, yes, but very fortunate for ASAP Rocky, who says he'll be quote uh, an incredible, remarkable, and overall amazing dad to again quote a very fly child unquote. I just gotta, I just gotta give the man a round of applause. Shout out to ASAP Rocky. Okay, just yeah. shout out to ASAP Rocky anytime. That you are. Um, Russ doesn't want to let you finish because this is a big. This is a key difference between you and Russ. Is Russ sees this and he just gets mad. He's just seething. At no, ASAP Rocky. Not, he sees a. He sees ASAP Rocky and he says, "That should be me. That mother. That should be me." And Herb sits there and says, "Like, <laughs> all right, that, hey, salute, buddy. Nice job." He Russ is not. Russ is not alone in the in the disappointed uh, crowd. Uh, yeah. Russ thought it'd be news, him, but I. I I salute it. I salute it. She is universally accepted as one of the most desired people on this planet. And ASAP is doing things. ASAP is doing things. Shout out to ASAP. <laughs> Russ, he, sa- he said of Rihanna that she's, quote, the one. And he said that uh, she amounts to, quote, probably like a million of the other ones. So my question is to you, do you want Rihanna, Russ? Or do you want the million other ones? Mm, a million. That's a really good question. A that's million. A, that's a solid question. Uh, if, yeah, if that so, would take that would take you at least seven or eight months. It's so it's like is it Rihanna or <laughs> am I, is it Rihanna or the field? It's Rihanna um, or a million. He said it's a million. He said it's equal to a million. I'd say Rihanna because Rihanna is not only gorgeous, one of the most gorgeous women I've ever seen in my life. She's also like almost a billion up with what she's done with Fenty. I'm going to say Rihanna, dog. She's wildly successful. 
I, I would give Rihanna one to like a hundred thousand. A million though? I don't know. I would. I We might have to play the elevator music <laughs> over, over Herb's over Herb's soliloquy about uh, yeah. <laughs> Rihanna. It, it, that was uh, that was a very eloquent Herb. Yes. Oh, and I just want I want everybody I want everybody out there to know y'all ain't never getting an album, bro. Like y'all wouldn't get one before, but what? y'all definitely not getting one now. Out of oh, Rihanna, wow. or ASAP? What? Am, I don't oh, ASAP was I'm just like I, I stopped making music a while ago, so. I'm just I'm chilling. Going. It's like it's like when Grant Hill got a hundred million dollars and had Tamia at home. I'm never hooping again. Mm-hmm. Yes, my knee still hurts. Nah, I can, I he can, invented I how... micro fractures. Yeah, like whatever. <laughs> I'm never playing again. I'll be at home. Shout out to Grant Hill. He was the he was the first guest we ever had on our show that debuted last week. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant our so, podcast. I was like, I definitely don't remember the Grant Hill episode. No, we we did not pull Grant Hill for our first episode of Sports our, Jason, but we got Chris Cody. <laughs> no, he's definitely not Hall of Famer Grant Hill. Uh, and finally, Russ yeah. and Herb. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. So this time of year, it, it's February 1st as we record this, I believe. Uh, the only place in America where you can count on it being hot is Miami. Even L.A., Arizona, it might not, it, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be better than like what we got going here in Chicago in February. But hot, you got to go to Miami for that. But even Miami gets cold. And I remember this because anytime when we lived there, if it got below like 60, we all just freaked out. And we got to band together and get through this. But Miami this week has gotten down to 25 degrees. And when that happens, there's this crazy phenomenon. Miami is covered with iguanas. And they're like little dinosaurs. Some of them are like three feet long. They're everywhere. When when we lived there, we would drive home from the grocery store. My daughter and I would play a game to see who could count the most iguanas just on the drive from the grocery store to our house. And you'd get to like 40 because they're just everywhere. They're like squirrels are here. Um, When it gets cold, though, Russ, these iguanas basically freeze and become comatose they're not dead they look dead but they are not dead they become comatose and when they warm up they like spring back to life and so you have them they a lot of them are in trees and when they freeze when it's 25 degrees in miami they fall out of the trees you have iguanas raining down from the trees seemingly dead iguanas raining down from the trees and they're not native to South Florida. They're like, they're from like more of the, uh, you know, around the equator. So they're not supposed to be in a place that could get down to 25 degrees. But when that happens, they will fall out of the trees. They will appear frozen or dead on the ground, but they are not dead. And there is a legendary story about one person uh, ending up on the wrong side of one of these iguana scenarios. Yeah. And now. Herb. Howard reads. Yeah. So in Central America, right, iguanas are a delicacy, right? They are like actually farmed 
for food. Yes, this is set up our reading here, Herb. Uh, this is Ron McGill of Zoo Miami. Right. Oh, okay, right. He's talking to NPR. This was in 2018, right? Yes. Um, and he's telling this story. and Legendary Miami story. In Central America, iguanas are a delicacy. Literally mm-hmm. farmed for food. So this one gentleman thought, wow, I have a bunch of protein here, right? Just picking he's them up off the ground. Gang, and he's picking up all these iguanas that appear to be dead because as in the scenario Jay was just giving, they had fallen from the trees. And so to him, they appear to be dead. So he starts putting them in his vehicle, right? And he's literally loading them in there like he's preparing preparing for this huge barbecue. Once he gets in the car, starts his vehicle, and the vehicle begins to warm up as he's driving, the iguanas begin to come back to life, right? Or to wake up or come out of this frozen state. As they wake up, all of a sudden they start getting up, they're running around the vehicle, and it causes an accident. True story. Car full of iguanas running around while you are driving, Russ, causing an accident. Herb, you read the out of that. How does everybody read better than Tony? He didn't even sound like he was reading. He performed that. I, I don't think we've never we've never actually proven that Tony went to school. <laughs> so we're kind of assuming he can read. But no, we, we know really he can we know he we can didn't do read. the background check. Yeah. We, we need to go to uh, Revis High School and get his diploma like, we and, see, and verify yeah. that. We want to see the transcript. Read. Russ, yeah. could you imagine? You looked like you were imagining it as he read that story where. Yeah, no, you, I was. You, you throw all these, you know, supposedly frozen iguanas in the back of your Toyota Corolla or whatever, and you start driving. And I mean, the first thing you must hear is like this. You must hear like some some scratching or something going on in the back seat. And then you start to figure out what's going on, and then the next thing you're not driving that car anymore. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you're, you're he didn't. Crashing. I'm glad he didn't crash the car in a Biscayne Bay. Like, <laughs> I'm glad. Is, is, did the guy make it? Oh uh, yeah, alive? yeah. Caused an okay. accident, but yes, that that's the story. That's the story. That story has been told in Miami forever, and uh, I believe it, in in part because I want to believe it. So don't touch the uh, don't touch the comatose iguanas that are falling from the trees, Russ. The uh, I I only knew that iguanas froze because your daughters told me that's for the first time. Uh, when I that's when I first found out about it. So shout out to Anna and Grace. Um, Herb, thank you for joining us on our pod. This was a lot of fun. It was an absolute honor and a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, we will definitely have you back. Uh, before we get sure. going. Just want to let everybody out there know that you can go on to betus.com, use promo code SPORTSADJACENT to get a 125% sign-up bonus after you deposit your first $50. Uh, Jason, anything else for the people before we let them go? Uh, Don't touch the frozen iguanas. (laughs) Don't touch the frozen iguanas, but you can subscribe on Apple Music. Give us five stars. Leave a comment. You can also listen to us on Spotify and Stitcher, wherever you find your audio content. For Russ Dorsey, 
That's Jason Leisure. That's our guy, Herb Howard, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.